Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson, hosted by attorneys Sean Garner and Adam Hanson. Good morning, Yuma. This is Sean Garner, an attorney with Deason, Garner, and Hanson. This is Life, Death, and the Law. I'm in studio here with a couple of guests. We have a great show for you this morning. Um, sitting to my right is Mr. Adam Hansen, my partner in uh, the law firm. We also have Cody across the table working the boards, Cody Beeson. And we have a few special guests with us this morning. Marcus Carney, the executive director of Visit Yuma. Welcome, sir. Good morning. Thank you. And we also have David Carville, who is the branch manager of Ahern Rentals, and he also serves as the treasurer for Yes Yuma. Is that correct? Yes for Yuma. Good yes, morning. For yes for Yuma. Mm-hmm. Thank you, gentlemen, for um, joining us this morning. We're going to be talking about um, Prop 417, the 2% hospitality tax, and uh, we want to understand a little bit more about what the tax is. For me, I look at any tax, any additional tax, with a lot of skepticism. And I believe that's the same for you, Mr. Hansen. Yeah, that's exactly what I, the way I feel as well. And as I went through the 417 proposition, I didn't see any negative or contrary voices out there. If you look through the literature that's uh, published by the city of Yuma for this, all it is is positive arguments for the prop. 417. And the arguments, a lot of what I saw was more of the same. They were just saying, well, you really won't feel it because it's already in effect. It's been in effect since 1970. And therefore, it's not a new tax. It's just something we've already been doing and we're accustomed to. So therefore, you should vote for it again. That's the sentiment that it, that it portrays. But at the same time, they also talk about it benefits all of us. Uh, the parks that we play in, then we take our kids to the riverfront that we go play in uh, the downtown historic Yuma area, the Yuma prison, uh, the complex, sports complex. We've got a tournament coming up this, this weekend, a huge national tournament um, at the ball field down there at the PAC. So 2% every time you go out to eat or you go to the bar or you stay at a hotel is being put into a purse that then gets used um, for different purposes that the city of Yuma uh, designates. And, and it's broken down according to um, their their regulations. But a portion of that money goes to you, Marcus, mm-hmm. um, and, and visit Yuma, or the Yuma Visitors Bureau, right? Yep. It's a 501c6 uh, organization, so they're tax-exempt. And their main purpose, Marcus, is to do what? We uh, promote and sell Yuma to visitors that want to come down here, and visitors that don't, that we want to tell to come down here. Do we really want visitors coming and discovering <laughs> our oasis? Because I, every time I travel up to Phoenix or San Diego and, and I have a professional meeting, whether it's a, a bar convention with uh, other attorneys, uh, I always get some type of condolence. Oh, you're from Yuma. I'm sorry. And, and, and I embrace it. I say, yeah, you know, you don't want to go out to Yuma because I really like that we've got about 100 miles of sand buffering us from those big city uh, individuals that would w- want to come in and encroach on our area and make this a big metropolitan area. I really like the slower pace of Yuma, but your job is to invite visitors to come in and enjoy not only the recreational facilities of Yuma, but to appreciate Yuma and for the historical relevance that it is and, and all of the um, amenities that it provides. Yeah, and you know, uh, Sometimes there can be a really negative perception around what tourism is, uh, especially here in Yuma, because I think a lot of people associate tourism with the winter visitors. And 
extra long lines at the grocery store, uh, maybe some challenging driving conditions on Fourth Avenue, um, you know, and, and things like that. But uh, our job at Visit Yuma is to try to focus on people who are going to come for the weekend, stay in the hotels, eat at the restaurants, shop in our shops, and then get out of town and maybe come back in a couple weeks. And so really our job is to try to say, hey, who can we try to focus on to bring down here for a couple days and uh, fill empty hotel rooms? Because as everyone knows, uh, in this town, our hotels are very full in midweek because we got a lot of uh, government travel. We've got uh, people working on the border. And so our hotels are totally full in the middle of the week. But on the weekends, even at peak season, we're sitting pretty empty. We're, we're, we have a lot of rooms available. And so uh, we need to do our best to try to say, hey, we got some rooms that are available. And that's pretty unique. Um, so that means that prices get a little bit cheaper on the weekends here and comparatively uh, other destinations. If so we're we, backwards in more ways than one. Yeah, it, in, in a good way here. Okay. This is a good way. Yeah. Well, um, so let me back up a little bit just for our listeners. Um, it, it can be tricky when you're looking for information on this on this proposition 417. So it's Prop 417 for Yuma, Arizona. And when you Google it, what comes up is a story that is a big story that was for Pinal County. They had a similarly named proposition. It was 417 and 416 where they wanted um, a tax to enhance uh, highways and transportation. And it was recently ruled back in March of this year that that tax was, uh, it was in violation of the state statutes and the state constitution. And so it was invalid. And they'd already collected, uh, I think that that proposition passed in 2017, so they collected $80 million dollars. And uh, now that's just sitting in coffers, which now the Supreme Court of Arizona says you can't use that for what the intended purpose was. You have to give it back to the taxpayers. <laughs> you have to find out each individual that paid a uh, half a percent tax on these transactions and give it back. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that. But what I will say is that is not what we're talking about. That's what's no. coming up on Google. And I spent a good hour reading it last night, and I found out you know within five. <laughs> minutes that it wasn't Yuma, it was Pinal County, but it became an interesting read anyway. And uh, For a lawyer. Yeah. For a lawyer. Right, right, right. So what we're talking about is a 2% hospitality tax. Yep. It's not this um, variable rate or adjusted rate tax that, you know, is the first 5% or, or the first $10,000 that's spent on a transaction. It's 2% for um, transactions that occur at what we would generally term hospitality services, yep. going to a hotel, staying in over the night, uh, going to a restaurant or a bar. So everything's going to cost 2% more than it would if this tax were not passed. However, this tax has been in place since what year? Well, it's been around for the, since 1970. It was actually initially brought in when uh, the Padres came to town back in the day and to help build Desert Sun Stadium. And it's kind of evolved into what it is today, which um, in the literature that you've got in front of you there, uh, the ballot arguments and stuff um, talks about how it's all distributed across um, the three entities and only three entities uh, can this 2% go to, which is also a, another point on it is that it is largely paid for by visitors, hotel guests, hotel guests eating out in, hotel, in, in restaurants. And hotel guests eating, you know, going to the bars and eating there. Yes, as citizens, we do spend a little bit of the, our, our extra money to help fund this, but it helps fund Parks and Rec, and it helps fund Visit Yuma, and it also helps fund the Heritage Area, which is the uh, organization that, that deals with the wetlands. 
you know, and if you study the, know the history of the wetlands growing up here and all that, it used to not be a very fun place. And it, it is it, an amazing an place absolute now. transformation yes. from when I moved here in, in 2000 to now, I think in 2010, maybe eight, there was that huge, the, the, the park, the dragon park is what my kids call it. I don't know the official <laughs> name of it, but um, that, that playground that was built. And they really did a lot of uh, improvements down along the river's edge. And when I originally visited in 2000, we went down to the Colorado River. I wanted to see what it looked like. And it wasn't impressive at all. Now it is quite impressive. And so you can say, that's the Colorado River. That's the great Colorado River that the nation knows goes you know, down from the Rockies and goes all the way down to the, the Gulf of uh, Mexico or Gulf of California. And uh, now it celebrates not only the river and and all that it does for our community, our agriculture, our economy, but it provides recreation for all of us. And especially, I think, the uh, marginalized who don't have swimming pools in their backyard yeah. go down and, and, and can meet together with family and friends and, and have a great place for recreation. Yeah, or, or, or participate in a float down. A lot of folks do that, float down from the confluence down to Gateway Park or to Centennial Beach. And all those are parts of... of um, of the West Wetlands and the East Wetlands. Just a beautiful area down there. They've done a great job. But I want to get back to informing the public, number one, how they can read about this proposition. If uh, they do do a Google search and wind up on the wrong site like I did initially. So um, there's a City of Yuma publicity pamphlet mm-hmm. that describes what the tax actually is. So if you're going to Google it, Google Prop 417, City of Yuma, publicity pamphlet, and that pamphlet will come up online. Is there a better way to find it? Uh, we have uh, yesforyuma.com, which will also lead you to information. Obviously, that's... Uh, it's bias. Yeah, that's, it's obviously bias. It's the, the group that's uh, working to elect it, but we do have the information on, on, on it there. But, of course, the City of Yuma's website also has information on it. And, David, you're the treasurer for Yes for Yuma. Yes, so that's so, correct. So you control the purse strings. How do I know that... Uh, this money isn't just going to go to the executives at the top and, and make you rich instead of going back into the parks and the facilities. Well, it's set up as a, as a political action committee and through, the, through the, all the regulations that it has to go through and everything. And, and uh, we're, just, we're just using that as our platform to raise money to help educate and get, get the word out. We've seen the signs around town. Are yes. you a volunteer or are you an employee? I'm a volunteer, 100%. Well, I'm an employee for the company I work for. but uh, No, yeah, but for yes, for Yuma. So, so yeah. your financial interest in, in being the treasurer of this movement is none. No, and, well, it is. It, there, there is, and it's the, it's the betterment of Yuma. Well, yeah. as that a citizen is, of yeah. the community, sure. Right. Yeah. But as a treasurer of this Yes for Yuma, you're not getting any financial incentive, right? They're not giving no. you a new car to do this, no. drive no. around and promote no. this proposition? He's got a few pats on the back. No, that's <laughs> okay. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the biases is, is fairly limited. We, we don't have a lot of insider trading going on and, you know, special favors that oh we provided. we have a community of of citizens that a lot of you guys would recognize their names uh russ jones is our chairman uh chris wheeler sits on our our uh committee mike lutz sits on our committee um and they're none, nobody's being paid it's all volunteer and we're doing it out of the out of the uh, uh benefit that we will we will reap for our for our community 
So, and Adam serves... Continue, continue to reap. Is absolutely. Yeah. Adam serves on a, a similar board. He serves on Amberly's Place board. Mm-hmm. Um, I've served on boards in the past, and it's a lot of time yeah. and, and a lot of commitment. And it's not like you just get to sit at these meetings and just mm-hmm. kind of flip through um, YouTube videos while, while people are talking. <laughs> and you really need to pay attention in order to actually contribute. So... I appreciate the time and the effort that you put into this. Uh, it's a thankless job. There, there's not a lot of voters or taxpayers that are going to go out there and say, hey, thank you for making this park something that my kid can go and now play soccer on or football or we can enjoy. But I, I appreciate it. So thank you on behalf of Yuma for volunteering for yeah. this position. Sure, yeah, it is It is a commitment. I mean, that's, that's what I've, you know, I committed to visit Yuma. I was sat on that board for nine years, was the chairman for four of that board. And so that's kind of my relationship to this, if you will. And, and it's really important to, to continue for these three entities that benefit from this, from this tax. So another thing I want to touch on is is something that I think I would be skeptical as a taxpayer to believe that this isn't going to be more money out of my pocket. So can you touch on that a little bit more? Why, Why do I have to vote? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> on this hospitality tax, which actually isn't going to cost me anything more. How yeah. I don't get that. And so I, I've read through the literature and I, and I understand a bit of the background, but explain that to all the voters out there that need to make a decision when this ballot is placed before yeah. them. You know, um, I think that uh, always looking at the numbers, right? That's uh, important for us to always do. Uh, last year, this tax brought in about $8.6 million. Um, that is pretty far up, uh, as uh, I think a lot of our hotels could tell you. Uh, they've had a really good year, uh, which has meant we've had a lot of people in town for uh, working at the bases and, and, and traveling for work and, and uh, working uh, on the, on, on the uh, uh, agriculture fields and all that kind of stuff. Um, they're going out to the restaurants. And so about uh, 40% of the total uh, uh, tax is paid for by the, uh, by the lodging tax directly. Um, all those people are people who have to go out to the restaurants. And so uh, that's how we kind of come up with the, uh, it's a rough estimation, but we do know the majority of it is probably paid by visitors, by people who are not Yuma residents day to day. And that allows us to remove that kind of tax burden for uh, supporting the parks and supporting the Yuma Crossing National Historic Area. And of course, visit Yuma uh, from the individual taxpayers in the city of Yuma uh, and adjust it a little bit to some of those visitors. So we're, we're, we're hopeful that that continues. When I go out and I travel with my wife, oftentimes we'll go to um, an Airbnb or a, a VRBO property. Mm-hmm. As I read through this and I researched it, a lot of this, like you said, 40% probably coming from um, lodging. Yep. So does that include an Airbnb property? If yeah. I own a rental and I'm, I'm renting that out as an Airbnb here in, in the city limits, am I... Very good question. I have to add 2% onto that rental fee or how does that work? So, uh, uh, one of the, one of the kind of, uh, problems with that is, uh, the state of Arizona actually passed a law a couple years ago saying that, uh, municipalities could not impose additional, uh, laws and regulations on the Airbnbs, um, which, uh, obviously now with Airbnbs kind of exploding in the state, uh, kind of sees us as a little bit of a problem. Um, Governor Ducey uh, actually has overturned that. So now municipalities can start to charge the tax and they can ch- start to regulate them the same way they would regulate a hotel, which is, as, as someone coming from the Visit Yuma side, 
for our visitors, for our hotels, for the competitive advantage that there is right now for Airbnbs. Uh, we would like to see the city kind of address, but it's something that has to be done totally separate from this. So right now, that would not be a tax that would be collected at Airbnbs, um, but we do hope that uh, it's included in the future. We got to go a break. This is Life, Death, and Law, 560 AM KBLU. We'll be right back. More thought-provoking conversation coming up next on Life, Death, and the Law, right here after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back. This is Life, Death, and the Law, 560 AM KBLU. I'm attorney Adam Hanson, and I'm in my studio with the one and only Mr. Cody Beeson pushing buttons and turning dials and trying to make a sound is, oh, we got an applause button. We do not have a choir of people applauding in here. That was a button. But uh, we, we've got this newfangled thing that Cody's trying to figure out and he pushes buttons and um, applauds himself. <laughs> and we've, got, we've, we've also been talking today um, to some really important gentlemen here in town that, that make a lot of things happen for us. And if you see them out and about at the local restaurants or, or if you run into them, I, I want you to thank them because they, they really do a lot for us. Uh, we've got Marcus Carney from the Yuma Visitors Bureau, or a lot of people will call it Visit Yuma, yep. right? And that's a, a nonprofit organization here in town that uh, their sole purpose is to market Yuma. Yep. And um, bring people to Yuma to spend money in Yuma so that we all benefit. What we're really primarily talking about today is uh, Prop 417, which is going to be on your upcoming ballot in November. And uh, th- the idea behind Prop 417 is is to keep going an already going tax that we've been experiencing since 1970. Mm-hmm. And basically what's happened is over time since 1970, um, the city of Yuma has put a in place a 2% tax that then gets put into a purse or a fund that helps maintain our parks, maintain the riverfront, maintain the historic Yuma district, um, among other things. But uh, also it helps fund what you do, Marcus, mm-hmm. right? And then we have uh, David Carville from Yes for Yuma, right? And uh, right. David, you've been, you've been involved with Visit Yuma as well for, you said, I think nine years or something like that. Right, yes. I, I was on the board. I can't even remember when I became got on the board. and <laughs> uh, But, uh, you know, it's been a really interesting uh, task of, of helping guide that organization over the years. And then uh, recently, with uh, last year, well, we brought in Marcus as our new executive director after the previous one retired. And um, 
he's taking it to the next level and he's really really pushing things that are that are looking great for our community and and promoting our community and you know earlier we talked about you know when we go other places and people say you say you're from yuma and they say oh i'm sorry but you know we love it here it's a great it's a great place to live you know it does get warm in the summer a little bit but you know that's why we have air conditioning so (laughs) it's 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 a it's it's they're doing great things down there and at, at visit yuma and and marcus needs that that support to to continue what great things that they're doing and Marcus, you come from Seattle. How did you make it from Seattle to Yuma? Uh, I was one of those uh, COVID layoffs, and I was uh, trying to figure out what was going to be next uh, for me and for my life and for my career. Um, and I uh, actually saw a, a listing for, for a job here in Yuma. Um, I had no idea anything about this town. Um, I interviewed, uh, came down, interviewed in person, and moved here within three days after the interview in person. So um, I made a pretty quick decision, and it was mostly because uh, the people that were uh, interviewing me, the board of directors and the search committee that was uh, looking for, for the position, um, were passionate about the town. They, they love this community. And I think that right there is kind of epitomizes this community, right? You have a lot of people who are incredibly passionate passionate about it. Um, we've been talking about uh, the fact that Dave is a, a volunteer leader for, for Visit Yuma for the last nine years. He's uh, volunteering for the Yes for Yuma committee. We have, I think, something like 12 other people that are there every single week volunteering their time, uh, taking their time out of their schedules to, to do something that they think is good for this community. And as anyone who is works with nonprofits in this town or it serves on a board, you know that there's a lot of engagement and people who are really, really passionate about this town. And I think that's uh, a pretty big benefit of this community. Now, your organization doesn't get all of its funding from the city of Yuma from this particular tax, right? I think if I understand it correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think right now the way that it stands is that you get a certain amount allocated to your organization from the city of Yuma from this 2% tax that we're talking about. But the proposal in 417, I think, is to make it a percentage from here on out yep. instead of a set. Is it a set amount that you get every year? Yeah. So uh, the, 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 the law that was passed in 2009, um, and, and this, this goes to one of the small adjustments that's been made for the law, uh, is that uh, in it, it said for Visit Yuma and for the Yuma Crossing National Historic Area, uh, it was a dollar amount. So Visit Yuma got $400,000. And that was the law that was passed in uh, 2009. Obviously, um, $400,000 uh, in 2009 is different than $400,000 today. Um, we were lucky that the city did give us a little bit more. Um, but uh, the change in the law is going to actually say that 10% of uh, the collected funds will go to Visit Yuma, 10% will go to the Yuma Crossing National Historic Area, and the rest will go to Parks and Rec. And that's uh, something that we're really hope we're really excited about because it Obviously. helps us yeah. increase our yeah. budget a little bit, almost yeah. double, right? Because yeah. Dave, you said last year, or I guess uh, this fiscal twenty twenty two year, it's projected I think eight point six million dollars coming in from revenue from this two percent tax, right? And so if you get ten percent of that, yeah. that's that's good for you. You yeah. get eight hundred plus thousand yeah. oh, dollars. Absolutely. Right now you're at what four hundred to six hundred thousand, I think. Yeah, the city uh, the city funded us at six hundred thousand this last year. Yeah, I saw that. I, I looked up your nine ninety um, tax return, and it looked like 
$600,000 coming in from the city of Yuma, yep. right, through this tax. And then it looks like you made maybe, I don't know, $200,000 or something on yep. top of that from other sources, probably festivals and, yeah, we, and things like that. Yeah, we have we have a membership that uh, provides pretty good uh, uh, funding support for us as well. Uh, we have a visitor center that uh, we do, uh, you know, sell some uh, goods and stuff in there. Um, the primary funding is through the city of Yuma, of course. Uh, there are We're really lucky right now. There is a, a grant program through the state of Arizona. Arizona that we're receiving some grants from. So um, this year has been a little bit more lucky than uh, some other years. And so we're really happy for that. So uh, you'll see a little bit more marketing from us this year and, and next year, helping us kind of bridge the gap until we see this law pass and we can see our budget kind of increase from the city. Um, and so we're really happy for that. Uh, off the top of your head, how many employees do you guys have? We have we have 10 employees. Yeah. Okay. So we have, uh, we have a handful who work in the visitor center and then uh, the rest are full-time employees. So we have a, we have a pretty good we have a pretty big staff who uh, uh, is obviously, again, um, the number one thing that you do when you work for a nonprofit is you're passionate about what that nonprofit is about. Uh, and obviously, that means that it's the city of Yuma and so um, and the community of Yuma. And uh, that is what we have. We have people who are incredibly passionate about this community and only want to share it with the world. The tax return that I looked at was 2020. That was yeah. the most recent one I could see. So that was a crappy year. Yeah. But uh, even on that tax return, even on that tax return, I think you guys brought in, and this was prior to you. Obviously, yeah. you came in last year, yeah. about July of 2021. But uh, prior to you, your predecessor, uh, Linda, so this would have been under her, but they brought in, I think, close to $800,000. So you had the $600,000 coming from Yuma County, or, or excuse me, city of Yuma from this tax. And then you had additional revenue, about $200,000 from uh, other sources like you just mentioned. And then um, as far as money going out to pay for for staff, I didn't think it was outrageous. I think when I did the math, it was like 41% going to salaries. Yeah. That includes uh, what Linda would have been in your position, yep. your predecessor. So she made, I think, like 79000 or something like yeah. that, plus an additional 10000 I don't know where that came from. So let's say $90,000. I don't think that's outrageous, especially for what the what you're trying to do here yeah. in Yuma. And then the rest of it, I think it was maybe two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 of employee wages. Yep. In a business, a small business, if you're running a small business, Dave, you can speak to this at Ahern, right? I think that's one of your biz biggest expenses is your employees. Yeah. And so you don't want to be frivolous in that, but you also don't want them to go anywhere else if they're really good. Yeah. And so good employees are hard to find. And when you find a good one, you want to keep them. And that takes money. Absolutely. Right? It's your biggest It's your biggest asset as well. Your yeah. employees, that, that's what makes this organization run and tick and, and get the get the word out about Yuma, you know, it doesn't happen on its own. So yeah. you have to have good, good folks. You have to have good people in the right positions. And Marcus has done a great job. Um, you know, several of the staff stayed on. Yeah. Uh, most of the staff, I most think of, actually yeah, um, stayed has. on after Linda left and Marcus has taken them to, uh, uh, and brought in his vision and his plan and, and, uh, is doing a great job with it, but it does take all those employees. You know, you do have to pay folks to, yeah. to do their job and, and uh, that's the way it works. Yeah. And you know, I, uh, for visit Yuma, I've kind of thrown a curveball towards some of them because, uh, uh, kind of the philosophy of the organization before was trying to focus on putting on some events and, and focusing on what we can do to service the the visitors as they're here. Um, and my point of view is let's try to see who we can who else we can bring to town and let's focus on those shoulder seasons. Let's look at trying to bring people in March and April and trying to bring people in November and December and market to them and sell to them and work with tour operators who can bring 56 passenger buses here. And so the staff has done a really good job of saying, you know, this is what we used to do. 
And now we're going to do something kind of totally opposite. And uh, they've done a really good job of adjusting to that and uh, on the fly figuring out what, what I was looking for. The other thing is that, that Visit Yuma does a great job. There's a lot to do in Yuma. Right, despite what you may think, and if you if you don't think there's anything to do in Yuma, you're not trying very hard. <laughs> there's there's we're coming into our our great season right now. We've got all sorts of events coming up, and and Visit Yuma does a great job of promoting those events, helping those other nonprofit organizations out there. Um, the Diablos down in uh, Summerton that do the do 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 Tamale Fest, the Caballeros who put on several events. Mado, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, and and all those organizations get support from Visit Yuma as well. So that's one of the things that I love about the Yuma community is how the nonprofits really promote each other. It's almost like this cohesiveness or this family sense. I know I sit on the board with uh, for Amberley's place, and when we're talking about doing a community event, we're always looking for ways that we can include other nonprofits in some form or fashion. And we're reaching out to the food bank. We're reaching out to you know all these other different organizations because. Uh, I feel like, and maybe it's just me, but maybe you gentlemen feel this too, but it, we feel uh, some sense of duty or family among us to help everybody in Yuma uh, make it a better Yuma. And we want, uh, we want that to be known. And so I, I really enjoy dealing with other nonprofits here in town. I feel like we all have each other's backs. We're not, we're not uh, dissuading donors to go over here and give their money over here. We're saying, give it to us all. Give a little bit to all of us, and we can all benefit from that. And I think that's a great uh, energy that we have here. Um, Mark is getting back to your organization. So you're going to, in a perfect world, this <laughs> passes, okay? We have yeah. Prop 417. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go through with flying colors, yeah. right? Everybody's going to vote yes to 417. <laughs> so now we're stuck with another 2% tax for the next 15 years, okay? Years, yep. um, but you get your wishes. You, you get <laughs> Now you have $800,000 coming into your, your purse. What does that look like to you? Yeah. What are you going to do that, with that stuff? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, like I said, our job is to try to market and sell. And right now, we're kind of in a position with uh, uh, the funding that we have that a lot of that is focused on social media and some of the more kind of affordable ways that we can do that. We, we, we have uh, a salesperson who goes out to shows. Uh, we're kind of limited in the number of shows that we can go to right now. Uh, and so really, the, the, we would not be looking to add any staff at this point. We would be looking to do a little bit more marketing. We would be putting our name of Yuma out in the world a little bit more. That's our really, really main goal with that. You know, we were talking about earlier how the perception of uh, uh, someone in San Diego might be, why would you live in Yuma, Arizona? Why are you going to Yuma, Arizona? Um, we have, we do have a little bit of a perception challenge uh, in the region. Um, people view Yuma for what it once was, not at what it truly is. And sometimes people in our community uh, here in Yuma may challenge ourselves even greater because we say, well, why would somebody want to come here? I think we got to remind ourselves constantly that we need to be the ones that are advocating for this community first. And so Visit Yuma wants to do that job uh, as well, put it out there and say, hey, these are the great things that we have going on. Work with influencers and writers and travel writers and other folks to be telling those stories in the different travel drive markets that can try to encourage them to come here so that when they think about Yuma, they see that new perception. They say, you know what? I saw the story written about Yuma. I saw the influencer talk about Yuma. I saw uh, whatever it was that is in a positive light and exciting light so that they know the good things that we have here so that when they're driving through next time or better yet, they say, you know what? 
I'm going to intentionally drive through Yuma and I'm going to stay there overnight and I'm going to go to the prison and I'm going to go out to the dunes and I'm going to go out to the river. I'm going to do all these fun things. And that's what I'm hoping to do. Uh, And so that's, that's what we hope to do. When we drive to San Diego as a family, inevitably we look to our right and to our left as we go through the sand dunes and we're like, it's Tatooine. This is Star Wars right here. This is where they filmed it. (laughs) And now we have Jumanji. The Rock came mm-hmm. uh, pretty close to Yuma. Actually, he came to Yuma, I believe. He ate here. I saw on his Instagram feed um, because they were filming some of the scenes of Jumanji 2 out in the dunes. What what does that play into what you do? Yeah. You try and lure some of the Hollywood people here. <laughs> uh, we 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 don't really have an active uh, 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 film commission right now. It's something that you know. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, there is a, a, a city councilman Mike Shelton who loves movies, and he always says, "Let's how can we uh, help promote that?" And th- and it's he's he's absolutely right because um, that is a great way to tell the story to people, and they say that looks kind of cool. I want to go there. People People are passionate about those movies, right? Like uh, Star Wars obviously has a loyal following all over the entire world. People are driving through uh, and have been since 19, what, 83 when it was filmed here. And they have said, I need to stop there, take a picture out there. Uh, and we need to do a little bit better job of saying this was filmed here. These things were filmed here. Uh, you know, and we d- we can't ignore uh, In the Army Now with Pauly Shore was also filmed here. That, <laughs> that one I didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, that, man, I got to rewatch it now. Absolute classic was filmed here. So, uh, but you, but you're right. Like those are those are kind of some of those assets that we need to like say these were filmed here, and we are excited about them. And I think uh, as you're speaking, you know, like uh, we, my family, I have six kids, and they got into Hamilton about a year ago, um, the Broadway musical, and so we were really into that for a long time. It was constant Broadway Hamilton being played on the Alexa in our house, and um, so my wife and I we went to New York City this last uh, summer. And what did we want to do? We wanted to go see where Alexander Hamilton was buried. We wanted to go to these sites that were historical that played into Hamilton. And I think uh, people like that. I don't know why it, what it is, but we go out when we go visit places. The office was filmed here, you yeah. know, in this Pennsylvania town, or this was filmed here. And so you go to that site, you take your pictures, you post it. And I think if people were to to know more about uh, what films or what scenes were actually in Yuma, I think visitors come and they'll take pictures there. They want to be there. They want to document that they've been to the place where this was filmed, whether it's the dunes or it's 310 to Yuma, the old uh, train yards down there, um, downtown. But I think um, I think the film industry, and this, uh, this is... I, what do I know? But I think the film industry really plays a good part in Yuma because we are such a historic cowboy town. When I talk about where I'm from, I'm from a small little town over by, you won't know where I'm from, but it's by Tombstone. But when I say Tombstone, you're like, oh, I know Tombstone, the movie, right? Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. But uh, the town that I'm from, nobody would know. But it is an old cowboy town that's right next to Tombstone. So Yuma is one of those towns, I would, I would argue, right? It's, it's one of those cowboy towns that's historic that everybody loves because of this, the wild, wild west. We got to go to break. This is Life, Death, and Law, 560 AM, KBLU. More thought-provoking conversation coming up next on Life, Death, and the Law, right here after this. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. 
Welcome back, Yuma. This is Life, Death, and the Law, 560 AM KBLU. I'm attorney Adam Hansen. I'm in our studio today with the one and only Mr. Cody Beeson, pushing buttons and turning dials and stuff. He hasn't talked much today. I told him not to talk because I'm mad at him. I'm just kidding, Cody. I'm not mad at you. Yeah, but we've also got some special guests in the studio today. We've got uh, David Carville, who uh, works for Ahern, but but you also give your time a lot to the Yuma community. You're, you sit on the the uh, committee for Yes for Yuma, which is trying to get this Proposition 417 that we've been talking about today passed because the goal is to continue to keep Yuma really nice and get better over time, right? Keep our parks nice, keep the grass green like you mentioned over the break, Dave. Um, keep the pools running uh, so that our kids can go swimming, um, not just during the summertime. We're doing swimming all year. Uh, so Marcus Pool, for example, it's constantly going Teams from all over the valley are going to Marcus to use those facilities. And so this tax really is vital to not only uh, the city of Yuma, but to the organizations that happen to benefit from it as well. So there's a few there's a few things going on here. Prop 417 is on the ballot in November. And the idea is that if you vote yes, you're saying, yes, let's continue to tax individuals as they go to the bars, restaurants, and the lodging facilities, not to include yet Airbnbs, but it would include hotels. Uh, And so you're paying an additional 2% tax if you're using those things. And that money goes to the city of Yuma. This year, they've accumulated about $8.6 million because of that tax. Once that money comes in, then they split that out. They, the city of Yuma, will give, they have to give a certain amount of that money right now to two other organizations, one of which, Marcus, you run um, as the executive director, and that's Visit Yuma, or uh, uh, more properly called as the, the Yuma Bureau. Visitors Bureau. V- Visitors Bureau, yeah. We all call it Visit Yuma. But yeah, so you're running that. You've been doing that for about a year, and you get certain money coming in from the city of Yuma. Uh, where does the other money come from? For for Visit Yuma? Uh, no, from, uh, I'm sorry, where does it go? Where does Prop... 417 money yeah. go not only your organization but yeah, where else dave yeah so so the way they the way the proposition is written is is it's up to 80 percent would go to parks and rec to help fund those programs that uh for um, kids sports uh keeping the grass green like we talked about making sure that the parks facilities that we have are, are maintained and those kinds of things and uh 10 would go to visit yuma and 10 would go to um the Yuma Crossing National Historic Area. Yes. <laughs> it's a mouthful, but that's okay. Um, so one of the keys to, to the way the, the language is written this time is that it's up to 80%. So the city could actually decide to push a little bit more money towards one of the other two organizations. Should you know Visit Yuma bring in a huge convention and they need a little extra funds to help help entice that or something along those lines you know the the visitors bureau visit yuma could go Mm -hmm. um, and same thing with the heritage area they could do they could do that as well so um, it's not locked in at 80 percent for that i just want to point that out and and those kinds of things but um, it does give a little bit of flexibility but one it doesn't give any flexibility about uh, past those three organizations the parks and rec the um, visit yuma and the heritage area yep so what I hear you to say is that this tax that's previously been uh, accumulating over time, because we've been paying it for uh, decades now, since 1970, the city of Yuma can't just go out and spend that money on some other organization or some other budget 
item. Maybe they're running a deficit over here in the court system or something like that. Oh, well, we got to fill the gap. Let's pull it from this 2% tax. I understand you to say that that's not possible. The funds that come in from the 2% tax, they have to use it for Parks and Rec, the historic uh, district of Yuma. They have to give a certain amount of money over to Marcus, your organization, to continue to bring people to Yuma. And then the revitalization of the uh, historic downtown area is that... The, wet, the wetlands is yeah. the best way most people in Yuma know it. it's the west wetlands and the east wetlands. And then they, the heritage area also controls the um, Colorado River Historic State Park, which is the quartermaster depot oh, yeah. and, and the prison. Yep. Yeah. And those, they run those uh, as well. So. Yeah. And, and what one thing unique with them is they use the, the funds raised by the city to actually uh, get the get a federal grant that is matched uh, with those funds. So uh, it, it's an incredibly important funding mechanism for them, which they actually end up getting to double with the, with the federal grant. So that's important for us to mention, too. Does the PAC fall under this purview? I believe it does, right? The Pacific Well, the PAC, the PAC the Pacific Athletic Complex, it doesn't fall under this purview with the exception of the maintenance. The yeah. Parks and Rec do maintain that facility and and uh, the the teams that play there um, are if they're subsidized through a program for for the youth youth sports or something like that, um, it would go to that. But the the PAC was a separate totally separate bond issue was not paid for with 2% money. Um, the building of it, uh, the maintaining of it is. Though. When I drive past that area now, if you guys um, notice, they're, they're throwing up a couple hotels there oh, yeah. mm-hmm. right next, right adjacent to the pack. And so obviously this will, this Prop 417 will, inc- will bring that in, those teams that are coming from out of state, which many are all the time. I'm really, I'm really surprised that uh, I see so many teams from out of town. If you go to Chick-fil-A on a given Friday or Saturday or weekend, you'll often see tons of teens from from outside, out of the state. I mean, they're coming from all over the country to Yuma, to that complex. And I'm thinking, that's crazy to me that we're bringing in that that amount of people and that kind of crowd. And I love it. I love to see that. And it's a really good point. And that's one thing that Visit Yuma does work with the city on is to Mm -hmm. help promote the yeah. pack and help draw those tournaments here and help get those kids here and then tell those families what to do when they're here go downtown eat at prison hill eat at lutz casino whatever the case may be you know and and then that two percent goes kind of makes a little circle there and comes back in and helps support these these important programs yeah so a roundabout way we are benefiting from the pack you oh, know absolutely whether or not the the entry fees or whatever are going directly to yuma or this two percent it doesn't matter because they're going to use our our uh, our community to eat, sleep, yeah. and and uh, have fun. Right? This weekend, I saw on your website. I think Marcus, the, the events coming up, and one of those is a huge national tournament for baseball. I think it's nine to fourteen year old uh, national baseball uh, tournament. That if you win that, then you get put into the World Series in Florida um later on next year i believe and so that's huge people coming from all over the nation when i I, going back to my trip to this summer to new york we were um a lot of people were there as we were walking around in new york city we were seeing all sorts of little league teams Mm -hmm. because there's a huge tournament during the summer um there and and uh world series tournament for these kids and it's so it's so cool to see all that i I love to see that and as they go to our restaurants as they sleep in our hotels then we all benefit from that but we won't unless you continue to vote for um this prop 417 on the coming ballot right yeah so in your in your in your mind this is a have to do you have to vote for 417 right 
Yeah, we we certainly are uh, on the side of we we would like to see this passed, and we think that uh, it benefits uh, the community, and that we would like to see everyone vote yes for it. Because because you're absolutely right. Uh, the the benefit of a, a, a tournament coming and having a tournament at the pack is incredibly beneficial to the entire community. Because not only are they staying in our hotels, not only are they eating at our restaurants, but they shop at our shops and they 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 walk downtown and they are becoming inspired about this community. You know, one of the things with uh, tourism that we always remind people is uh, you don't really typically move somewhere until you have visited that place. And so every single visitor is a potential future resident, whether 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 we're really excited about them being a resident or not. But that helps our community kind of uh, grow and, and bring more opportunity to us and and provide opportunity to the people who live here uh, and uh, build their own businesses and communities and lives. So uh, we're passionate about that. The good news is that it is not an additional tax. It's not like uh, you're going to see it like you haven't seen it before. If I go and eat at, at uh, Chick-fil-A, like I mentioned before, I'm not going to see an additional tax that I haven't seen before. It's always been there since 1970. Yep. And so it's just really remain keeping the status quo, but allowing your organization, Marcus, to really benefit a little bit more because now it's a yep. percentage base as, a, as a opposed to a, a set amount that you would be funded with yeah. that can now go into really pumping in more marketing. And that's what it's really all about. Anybody that's in business knows that uh, you got to spend money to make money. Yeah. And um, so more money you have to spend in, in proper channels, you can bring in a lot more people uh, and interested parties from out of town, out of state to Yuma. Uh, but I think that's really important to understand is that it wouldn't be an additional tax. It's just keeping the status quo, and we all benefit from that. Yeah. Our parks are better maintained. The city uh, or the uh, riverfront is better maintained. More projects to come. You know, if they want to build more things down at the riverfront, then they have this this bucket of money to use and to put towards that. Um, and so I think it's an overall good thing. And and I think uh, voting yes on this would be beneficial for all of us as as a community. I I don't like tax. I'll be honest. I hate taxes. <laughs> but I think this one is one that I'm okay with just because of the reasons that we've cited before. Yeah. And um, as long as the money's used in the right way and not frivolously spent, we spent uh, last week on our show, we talked about the frivolous spending of, of the federal government and how, uh, as we saw when the Biden administration pulled out our troops from Iraq and they left behind billions of dollars of equipment and mm -hmm. tanks and, and helicopters and, and, and they didn't even blink an eye. They didn't even recognize that's our money. That's not your money. It's our money. Yeah. But to them, it doesn't make a difference. But if we were to ask them, oh, no, you pay for that. You pull that money out of your own pocket and pay for that <laughs> helicopter. Then it starts to hurt a little bit. But I, I have a, I have the sense that the federal government just, they don't care. It's not, it's magic money and it doesn't hurt, you know. Um, but I get the sense here in Yuma that the money is a little bit more sacred and those that watch over it, like yourself, Marcus, in, in your capacity and Dave, in your capacity um, on the committee that you're on, you guys are treating these funds a lot more carefully than I would argue the federal government does. And so I, I'm more apt to spend money in the local community, giving it to your organizations to keep things nice and build upon what we already have. Uh, anything else to say before we go? Not really. Just, you know, it's, it's, it's really important for our community. Um, the reason we all live here is because of the people. We, we love this community, and, and it's really important to us. And uh, I think it will just continue to grow and be very, very beneficial for Yuma uh, moving forward. 
Yeah. Marcus, I'm going to give you the last word. Oh, I better make it good. That. Do we have 20 minutes? I'm just kidding. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, having us, of course. And uh, we would like to see uh, uh, our community support Prop 417, of course, uh, in helping pass this. Remember, this goes to the kids programs at the uh, parks. It helps us uh, operate the uh, art center. It ha- helps us uh, market this community from Visit Yuma. And it keeps the uh, the prison and the uh, Colorado River Park uh, going. So uh, remember all those things when you're looking at your ballot. Hopefully you've got it at home, uh, the uh, the voter pamphlet, and you'll get your uh, ballot in the next week. Thank you, gentlemen. This is 560 AM KBLU, Life, Death, and the Law. We'll talk to you next week. If you have questions or want to know more about something that was discussed today, please call the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson at 928-783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. <laughs>